Chapter Three of the Night Side of New York by members of the New York Press. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Saturday night at a pawnbroker's. The sun gilds no brighter golden globes than the three brass cherries of Barney Myers. For years they have hung from those iron branches, and it's a long while ago since they sprung from the bricks of Barney's four-story loan office. Before Barney's time, another Meyer of the household of Judah sprouted them, and gilded and regilded them just as the present Barney does, and future Barneys will do, until the Jews are all gathered into one fold, and the pawnbrokers knocked into Jericho. Barney's mansion is planted in one of those streets running out of Broadway, in which, in the memory of citizens scarcely counting gray hairs, once lived the best people of our town. Marble steps and carved doorways are the lingering traces of their sumptuous homes. Bar rooms, billiard saloons, ware rooms, and foreign boarding houses now claim a foothold there. It does not matter in which of these byways Barney's brass cherries glitter in the sun. Suffice to say that Myers is no myth, but life and blood, a hater of pork, an observer of the seventh day, and a devotee to almost an infatuation of the little goddess of modern parlance. Soap. It's now past six o'clock, Saturday, August, eighteen hundred and blank. The red sun has gone down, and the Sabbath of Barney Myers has ended. Out of the door pops Barney to unhinge the shutters and shove them into an open cellar under the window. These obstacles to a full view of Meyer's front door and window are quickly skinned off. In the yellow twilight we behold the effect. The window to the right is boxed off, and a strong iron grating protects the glass to the depth of a foot or so. This receptacle is well stored with an endless variety of second-hand personal effects. Some are jewels, some are musical instruments, some are deadly weapons some are old and quaint some new and very brassy they are unredeemed pledges pledges that have outrun their time pledges that never will be redeemed their owners having drunk themselves dead thrown themselves into the river expatriated for crimes or grown rich are too respectable and proud to be seen entering the portals of a pawnbroker's shop again above this window and in the door to the left the glasses all whitened and untransparent, the secrets of the shop being of too delicate a nature for outside speculation and spectation. On these opaque panes Barney has again produced his three cherries, but they are very black, and not as tempting as the golden fruit outside. Here also, in gigantic letters that stare the street up and down, tempting signals to the eyes of anxious pawners, is terribly written that sign of the usurer's black art money lent in the last gleams of the setting sun we hang barney's portrait he is young yet scarcely thirty medium-sized not very broad-shouldered or strong-limbed these young jews seldom are his feet are small his hands very white and delicate he uses them nimbly for he is dexterity itself at cards shuffling or sorting money and swinging a quill 
on the fourth finger you'll see a big massive chased ring the chasing well-worn scarcely discernible for progenitors that reach back to jerusalem have handed it down his neck is short his head round and encased in a scalp of black shiny ringlets glossy as the beard of a freshly anointed his forehead is low very low a physiognomist would shrug his shoulders at such a little bit of fleshy parchment his eyes are blacker than even his ringlets the balls protruding the pupils large and dilated set in a rim of long lashes growing in an oval of red his nose is what de cordova would style the steeple of a jewish synagogue running out from his forehead very thin and fattening thick as it curves at its base his lips are thick and red you'd call them voluptuous in the picture of a woman a narrow moustache like the teeth of a black horn comb enhances the fullness of his mouth his skin is olive darker than his hands he is always fearfully pale and when excited colourless as a piece of parchment his is the face of a jew an unmistakable type of the sons of abraham his manner is very winning and he has a score of friends he is always full of business and stands at the head of his profession he has a joke for everybody and deals out plenty of sympathy for the most unfortunate of his customers but he is avaricious and grinding and the most piteous tale never won an easier bargain such is barney myers pawnbroker and proprietor of the famous establishment into which we now enter the first floor of the building runs half the depth of the lot then rises a few steps and then stretches to the rear at the right is a short counter divided into stalls having doors and closely screen the customer transacting a loan or redeeming a pledge the four walls from the floor to the ceiling and the stories above to the very roof are netted with little square pigeonholes receptacles of every variety of human apparel personal property professional instruments and the devil knows what there is the worn shawl of the poor apple-woman the rich ball-dress of a fascinating lady the velvet doublet of the actor the tools of a sick workman his saw his rule his compass the paints the palette the brushes of the unfortunate artist and the pride of his heart the unfinished pictures torn from the easel the blanket of some shivering sewing-girl the faro-box and pistols of the ruined gambler on the floor under the counter strewn everywhere are pieces of bulky furniture leather bags work-boxes statues vases sewing-machines rolls of carpets the canvas bundle of the sailor the knapsack of the volunteer the sacking of a city the household of a toodles the outfit of a colony present no rivalling scene to the contents of barney's shop emptied on the sidewalk dumped into the streets in one monument to the memory of defrauded pledges every class of society every branch of science every trade known to men would have contributed a memento it is saturday night we have said and it's a busy time in the old pawn-shop workmen have been paid their weekly allowance and have sent their thinly clad 
careworn wives to redeem numerous little household articles spouted to meet some pressing necessity or pawned to eke the outlay of some devouring drunk others have come in knowing that an empty larder is the most pitiable of all sunday woes now and then leer out of the stalls deep sunken bruised famishing eyes hollow from the want of food tearless vacant and wandering eyes of hungry wolves tired of roaming a cheerless desert clamoring for a bit of money in exchange for the worthless scrapings of their poor stock eyes that are sick of the sight of moaning debauched husbands wallowing in drink making their homes kennels of satanic revels eyes that are glazing slowly surely soon to be closed forever on the sickening scenes of the hard battle of life eyes bedimmed with scorching tears tears that are dropping a woeful shower on the pale lips of emaciated infants sucking at famished breasts now and then the scene is relieved by the apparition of the features of some rouged courtesan flaunting her brazen face scarred with the scourge of a polluted life sometimes it's the modest face of struggling virtue hooded and veiled as if it were risking its chance of paradise again it's the blush of an extravagant youth come to the end of his purse and his credit entering the tainted exchange for the first time and promising in his inmost heart that it shall be the last now there is a lull and the young jew boys barney's aides can attend to all the demands of the counter we draw barney into conversation we offer him a havana for the perfume of these musty and worn garments walling us around have the very stench of old shrouds barney as an offset brings out of a locker a bottle of old wine these israelites seldom drink of the fiery draughts that are such potent agents in stimulating the prosperity of these very institutions the wine is old and very choice it's rather unpalatable to us from the thought from what sickbed came this rare liquor the charity perhaps of some rich lady to a penniless sufferer but barney has no such scruples and he smacks his raw lips with the gusto of a connoisseur of wines he's characteristically loquacious and the good wine has oiled his tongue seated on a big iron chest the receptacle of all plate and jewelry he tells us many interesting little romances of his mysterious profession the pilgrimage of a wedding ring that had outrun its time of pawn how the initials and date in this gold band of two loving hearts were erased the ring sold and gone forever he supposed how it came back again one night its identity was unmistakable how it lay in the old safe six months or more when strange to say its first owner came to trace it a fruitless search he supposed i never lets dem be sold now de price he's paid of dat will cover de loss of de munish on de others he said shaking his oily ringlets barney can show family bibles nay the very records of a household its deaths its births its marriages one shudders at the fatal depths into which want or corrupted morals could have cast a mortal soul that pawned that sacred relic of a family history that code of blood that 
in pale ink traced perhaps in the small letters of a mother's hand told of the day it first saw the joyous light of god's earth of the sorrowful hour that saw the last breathings of an anguished sister's or brother's heart oh the mysteries of life in this great city oh the dark secrets of this weird death-smelling house what endless romances haunts its mouldy walls do you doubt the truth or the possibility of the following one gusty night many years ago when my uncle old abraham myers kept this shop there came in a very timid female well advanced in life for old abraham saw a silver curl shining beneath her well-muffled face she wanted to raise a sum of money on as elegant a jeweled watch as ever the old man gave a ticket for as the amount of money to be loaned was considerable the old fellow questioned her closely to satisfy himself he was running no risk in other words spouting on stolen property she was simple at heart and confidingly told him that her needs were to meet the expenses of an only daughter's marriage she would have taken it to a jeweller but as she treasured it and earnestly hoped to redeem it at an early day had come to him he often had such dealings with people in the best of society but these generally employed a confidential domestic he surmised that she was too reduced to even employ a servant he accommodated her and she went out months rolled on and still the jeweled watch was unredeemed at the end of the year a young lady in deep mourning came in and entered that second stall i had that day left school had been placed by my parent in this shop as an assistant to old jacob i had not yet learned one of the first regulations of our trade never to be astonished even at an angel coming in to pawn a golden harp i essayed to wait upon her she wanted the old man i eyed her intently it was a novel sight such a neatly dressed lady to one whose short experience had only beheld an endless string of old hags her bereavement i guessed was recent for i saw her once lift her black veil and brush away a tear her face i saw was as beautiful as that print of rebecca hanging over that brace of pistols yonder it burnt upon my vision i never saw among all you christians one so charming when the old man could wait upon her judge of his surprise when she unrolled the ticket for the jeweled watch it was natural he should question her it was an aged lady madam who left this here months ago he said my mother it was all she answered the pathos of lamentation was in those words he surmised all the lady with the silver curl was dead the old yellow ticket with the secret of that gusty night revealed when she went out he reproved me sharply for staring so intently at a well-dressed customer i never was guilty of that offence after some of my customers never see the colour of my eyes yet i can pick them out of a throng time flew on we thought no more of the beautiful lady's jewelled watch it was an almost everyday transaction the pawning of such rare jewels old abraham gone out of the business had forgotten her but the recollection of her beauty still haunted my vision it is almost a proverb 
and my daily transactions have verified it that a spout seldom makes less than two journeys over the three globes three years ago a young sport about town one of those statues that still have their gallery on the corner of prince street and broadway a familiar face to me and our counter having run dry sauntered into our shop his eyes were bleared and bloodshot i saw that drink with that fuel the love of gaming was burning away his life rapidly his long moustache and beard were matted with dust although young his hair was whitening he had grown old within a month taking from his side pocket a beautiful pearl hilted dagger he laid it on the counter valuable though it was it would not cover the amount he needed a gold chain was wreathed upon the dagger and yet i informed him that our margin was too narrow he then produced a jewelled locket and with the point of his dagger extracted the miniature that it guarded his fingers were trembling his nerves unstrung he made bungling work of it believe me that miniature was the likeness of that identical female who years ago had entered our shop i could study its features well from the slow work he made in digging it out this then was the husband to adorn his bride in wedding wreaths the lady with the silver curl had pawned that jewelled watch the circumstances were too uncontrollable that night this unfortunate wretch was wounded and robbed in prince street the jewelled watch came to me next morning a detective following close upon the heels of the pawner got the watch and the pawner too End of chapter 3